Hey moms, welcome to the Mom Mindset Show, where we talk all things mom life from A to Z. I'm your host, Rachel Benson. I'm a wife, a mom of six, a grandma of seven, a real estate agent, and a life coach for moms. I've been through every age and stage of motherhood, and I've never met one I didn't like. I've also never met one that didn't come with its share of challenges and personal growth. As moms, we set the mood and tone of the home. We're the emotional support and the cheerleaders for everyone in the house, not to mention the cook, the chauffeur, and the housekeeper. There's a lot to know and do, and that's what I'm here to help with. I want to help you create the home and family life of your dreams. And I do that not only by helping you with the skill set, but more importantly, the mindset that can really help you succeed as a mom. Thanks for being here. Let's talk about what's on your mind today. Hey, mom friends, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. How's everything in your little corner of the world? If I always ask about that, it's because I love the idea that as moms, we have our own little corner of the world that's unique and special to us, and we always get to work on creating it how we want it to be. So I love that concept. So you'll probably hear me say that a lot. As I say in the intro here on the podcast, we talk about all things mom life from A to Z. And this time we're talking about L is for love. That's because... When I'm recording this podcast, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, and that made me want to record a podcast on how to create more love at home. So I have about six different ideas for you that I hope you can take an idea or two and find creative ways to implement it in your home life, because moms really do create the the mood and the tone of the home. And There's always something more that we can do to create more of the family life that we want to enjoy. I'm going to jump into these six ways. And the first one is probably something you'll hear me say a lot if you keep listening to the podcast, and that is to find ways to make home life more fun. The reason I say that is because at home, we have so many conversations and things that go on that are really in a lot of ways, just transactional. Like the kids come home from school, we're like, how'd your day go? Are you going to do your practicing? Do you have homework? We've got to get somewhere, you know, or same thing with our husbands. We see each other at the end of the day and it's like, how was your day? And this went on with the kids and we've got this going on tonight. And we talk about the bills and the housework and all of that kind of stuff. Of course, that has its place. We need to do all that stuff. But We can also take the opportunity to ask ourselves how we can make things more fun and exciting. So most of what I'm going to say on these six ideas can apply to either your partner in a romantic way or, you know, just to making things more fun with your kids and your family. So the first idea for making things more fun is to try new things together. There are so many things that we maybe don't even think about that we could go out and do together or we could do at home that could just make things more fun. I don't golf, but my husband loves golf. And so I've never been with him, but recently a new Top Golf location opened up near us and we went and checked it out. And I had so much fun because as it turns out at Top Golf, you just get to do the fun part, which is hitting the ball, teeing off. I think that's what you call it. And I had never done that before other than mini golf. And 
I even get frustrated with mini golf after I hit the ball a few times after the initial time that you hit it and it gets close and then you have to putt like five, six times to get into the hole. I just have no patience with that. So after about three or four times, I just pick it up and throw it in the hole if I can't get it. Now, I generally think that's discouraged at golf golf courses, but at Top Golf, you just get to do the fun part and you just hit for the targets. So it was super fun to go and do that with my husband since he loves golfing so much. And I got to do the good part and learn from him how to swing and all of that. And we just had a lot of laughs and a good time and we've been back and they have really good food there. So shout out to Top Golf. But things like that, that's that's kind of like on the more expensive end of things. But there are always new fun things to try. And if you are lacking in creativity, you can just go on Pinterest and you'll get a million ideas. And even just things like laughing together over silly videos, there's an endless supply of those for sure. My daughter was showing me the other day, she was showing me a lady named, I think her name is Grandma Droniak or something like that. She's a lady, I believe she's 92 years old, and she has a huge following on TikTok. And she'll get on there and just say, oh, check out my outfit of the day. And what jacket should I wear? And sometimes she does these when she's going to like one of her ex's funerals, and she'll just be having the best time picking out her outfit. And she'll say things like, they said I'd never be famous, and here I am, and now they're gone. And oh my goodness, she's pretty irreverent. But it it was so fun to just laugh with my daughter about that. So laughing a lot, just laughing, you know, that costs no money and it gets us out of the routine of everyday life. Another way to make things fun is to have traditions that you all look forward to around birthdays or holidays. I was thinking about one that I've done for probably going on 20 years now is every Valentine's Day, I make the same dinner that I saw on Rachel Ray used to have a show called 30 Minute Meals. And she did these great meals in like 30 minutes start to finish. And she did a Valentine's episode once and I'll try to find it and link it in the show notes because the meal is so good, seriously, and it's really quick. And so I make this red cream sauce pasta and artisan bread that I don't make, I just buy at the store, and a beautiful salad, and this chocolate dessert that I love. And so I know what I'm going to make already, and everyone enjoys it. It's kind of the only time I do it. So that's just a really simple Valentine's tradition that I do. And when the kids were younger, I would put little things on their plates at breakfast, or I did different things different years, and I never did establish, like, do I spend money for Valentine's? Is this like a gift-giving occasion for your kids? But, you know, we just had fun. So even just a little last-minute thing or waffles for breakfast with strawberries on top. Although now kids go to school and get so much candy for Valentine's Day, it's like the new Halloween, right? So I don't know if a sweet breakfast is a good thing, maybe a high-protein breakfast. Anyway, finding fun and interesting things to talk about, to laugh about, just to lighten the mood and make sure that we just don't stay in that transactional mode all the time is one way to create more love in our home. The next one is really great for your spouse especially, but also with your kids it can work. But I learned this from marriage coach Natalie Clay, and I think she calls the concept you go first which I would say is essentially saying do unto others what you would have them do unto you, the golden rule, you know. Like 
if Valentine's is coming up and you would love to be swept off your feet with a romantic date and flowers and chocolates and whatever else is your idea of romance, did you know that you can just choose to create that experience that you would love to have and turn the tables and and treat your partner to whatever that kind of date is that you would love to have. And it's so fun and it will make it will make you happy inside to be able to create that experience for for your partner or for your family. If you want to get a sweet handwritten card, you know, don't wait. Do that for someone else and maybe the tables will turn and they'll also do it for you, but maybe not. But you get to experience that good feeling of love and have the Valentine's Day or the birthday or the Mother's Day or whatever it is that you want to have. And I was thinking about some ways that maybe you could do this for your family. My daughter's birthday's coming up and she's doing this big chocolate fondue thing. And wouldn't that be a fun way to do something special for Valentine's for your family and the whole family can get into it and dip whatever they want into it. And that goes back to what I was just saying about making things fun. Another thought on this I went to my son's hockey game the other night with my husband and our son and his wife. And I was like, I love ice skating. I forgot how much I love ice skating. Do you love ice skating, honey? And he's like, yeah, I like ice skating. And I said, we should go sometime. And I have since realized that he won't remember that. Like, I'm the one who wants to go ice skating. I need to plan that date and make it happen and invite the rest of the family if I want to. But that's the idea of going first myself, like not saying to my husband, we should do this. We should go on this vacation. Like I can say those things, but taking the actual initiative to make those happen. He likes ice skating. I love ice skating. I'm going to be the one to make that happen. So just remember the concept of you go first whenever you're wishing for something to happen that's not happening. You always have the ability to make it happen. The next one is know what your people love. Know what they love in terms of, it could be anything from their favorite candy bar to video games that they like to places they like to people they follow online, sports and activities and celebrities. All of that can turn into a great option for, say, gifts. Even people they might follow online they sometimes have swag like water bottle, water bottle stickers and pins and things like that. So one way that I try to remember these things, when I think of it, I will keep a note in my phone of some of my kids' favorite things. If they tell me their favorite candy bar, say, I'll just stick that in a note in my phone so that when birthdays or other special occasions roll around or I'm just thinking of them, I can have that information handy because isn't it hard to think of it when you actually need it? So that is a great way to do that. Now, along these lines, super bonus points if you can learn to love what they love. A lot of times as parents, we're just there cheering for our kids on the sidelines. Our kids are really involved in the arts. So I'm, you know, there in the audience clapping for them and everything, but we can take it to the next level if we you know, get in the game with them, or even if it's video games that they love or movies that maybe wouldn't be our style, we can still try those things if we want to. My grandkids love playing Mario Kart, which is basically the only video game I kind of know how to play. I'm not very good. I have to have, I don't know what you call them, but they're like bumpers that keep you from going off the race 
car tracks, <laughs> I mean, virtually on the video game. And so they are just so happy if me or anyone in the family will play Mario Kart with them. And it's such a fun way to bond. So knowing what your people love and loving what they love to the extent possible is great. Um, the next one is similar. It's love who they love. And what I mean by this is whoever your kids love, whether it's their friends or people they're dating or even the people that they have married or they're going to marry in the future, you can just decide at any time that I love who my kids love. Because one thing I've noticed is that kids are very loyal to their friends and they're very loyal to the people they marry as they should be. So it's great if we can just decide in advance that whoever they bring home, whoever they hang out with, we want to get to know those people and see the good in them and make them feel welcome and loved in our home. Now, as moms, of course, we want to use some caution. We want to, if there's someone that our kids are hanging out with, for example, that we really feel is not a good influence, then that might be a good time for a conversation. But for the most part, I have found that my kids have never let me choose their friends when they were super young. And I remember moving to a new neighborhood and thinking, oh, my daughter will be best friends with that girl. And that just wasn't the person that she gravitated to, you know, and that is totally fine. And they learn through their own relationships what kind of friends work for them and people that they date. That's how that's how we all learn, right? I know that some of the worst dating relationships I had were the best ones for teaching me, no, that's not what I want in a future partner. I wanted to kind of give a shout out to my daughter Jamie's mother-in-law, Tammy. She was such a good example to me of this, and she still is. Jamie was our first child that got married, and as soon as she was seriously dating Brennan, Tammy, her husband, Tammy would always tell me, I love your daughter. Like, she just is so supportive and complimentary of her. And when it's her birthday, she'll write super nice things about her on social media. And it's just been a really good example to me of the kind of mother-in-law I wanted to be. Now, I'm not as effusive as her, but I still tried to take that into my relationships with my kids-in-law and just absolutely love them knowing that we are going to be in a long-term relationship and they're all easy to love. But it helped even more to bring that kind of thought into it before I even knew them or met them, that I'm going to love who my kids love. The next idea is to know your family's love languages and share yours with them. So a lot of people are familiar with the five love languages identified by Dr. Gary Chapman. And if you're not, just quickly, I will run through what they are. But to explain, they are what he calls love languages that he's identified that are the primary ways that people feel and receive love, and it's different for everyone. Most people have a combination of one or two as their primary love languages. So the love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So most people identify with one more than the other, but the power in knowing these is that 
Someone in our life who has physical touch as their primary love language can just benefit so much from getting a hug. Just a hug can calm them down in a stressful situation or just some kind of touch is just super important to those people. Now, I know mine are words of affirmation. And so when someone gives me a card or says, good job, or something like that, it just means so much to me. And I just really thrive on those things. My mom has always been really good about this, which is great. Because as I was just saying, like, knowing someone's love language, and she did it unintentionally, but if you know it, and you can really try to show love that way, that will just do wonders for your family members. Sometimes we might feel like we're missing the mark with someone because maybe we're trying to show them love in a way that makes sense for us or a way that we receive love. Like I was just saying, mine is words of affirmation. I have people in my family that if you wrote them a long, sweet note, that would they might not even read it. Like that is definitely not their thing. And so figuring out what is their thing is great. One caution about this, I see people use it against people in some situations, like against their husband. They might think, he knows my primary love language is giving gifts but or receiving gifts, but he doesn't give me good gifts. Well, that's okay. We don't want to use it that way. We just want to understand that he is showing love in his way, and we can share that with, with him. If we like receiving gifts, for example, we can have an Amazon gift list and send him reminders and make it really easy on him. And then let's not be mad if he still doesn't do it that way, if he does it in his own way. I know that I've had some misunderstandings in relationships because someone else just expresses love in a totally different way than I receive it. And so sometimes I might think, well, they don't really love me, but but I, that's not true. And so I just encourage you to look at that and and think about what your family's love language is. And don't be afraid to share yours with them, not necessarily so that they will give you, you know, if you're like me, a card or whatever that will mean a lot to you, but just so that if they want to know, they know. And it's good for you to identify your own love language so you can even use it to support yourself. For example, if quality time is super important to you, there are a couple ways you could use that. You could think, I really want quality time with my husband. He's not necessarily going to think of that, like I was just talking about with the ice skating. But I can plan a date, and if he's not into the ice skating scene or whatever you want to do, maybe find something that you would both enjoy and get that quality time. And sometimes just for yourself. I know I love to go take the time to go get a pedicure. I don't necessarily like people touching my feet, but I love the massaging and the hot rocks and all of those things. And I love having nice toes. So that's quality time that I set aside for myself. Some people call it self-care, but that means a lot to me and gives me a really good positive energy boost. So the next one is, no surprise here, I have to say this before the end, is to think loving thoughts. Or in the case of your partner, thinking romantic thoughts. If you want more romance, like how's your thought process? Are you thinking romantic thoughts that will help bring love into your marriage? You may literally hear me say this or something like it on every episode. Like in the last episode, I talked about how 
if we want more energy, we need to think energetic thoughts. And this is so much of the coaching that I do is helping people think the thoughts that create the experiences that they want to have. So, so often as moms, for example, it's so easy to worry about our kids, to criticize or not even really criticize, but like comment on situations where we don't need to and maybe cast doubt on their abilities or how things are going to turn out for them based on our life experience. And when we do that, we can like really rain on their parade and like show up with this worried energy or a negative energy. So it's really useful to, when we are say worried about our kids or something like that, to ask ourselves, okay, what am I thinking that's making me worry? And how can I turn this around so that I can be less critical of them maybe? Because whatever thoughts we're thinking are going to come out, if not in actual words, in just the energy that we show up around them, and they can feel that. And sometimes they might want to start to avoid us if if they get the impression that we don't like the way that they're living their life or something like that, or going back to their friends, we don't like their friends, they'll go somewhere else with their friends. People like to be around those that make them feel loved and accepted. So practicing loving thoughts where we look for the good and emphasize the positive, those thoughts are going to change how we show up around our family members. And the best part of it might be that When we think loving thoughts, we feel so much better inside. If we are thinking like, our kids are going to be okay, if we tell ourselves that instead of constantly worrying, which doesn't do anything, we are going to be able to be more supportive of them when they're going through hard things or just going through their own life experiences. I just want to give one quick example. My kids married young. A couple of them even married at 19, which by most people's standards is really young. And I don't know, there's probably stats out there that say that it's not going to work out. But I always chose to believe that they are going to do very well. They're going to have a wonderful marriage. And that has turned out to be true, not because I was thinking it, but because I chose to believe that. I was always able to be super supportive of them and see evidence of people that I know who married young and things have been amazing in their lives. And I could have been worried. I could have shared stats with them about how it wasn't going to work out. But what good would that do? So much better to be thinking the positive, loving thoughts, helping me show up as the mom that I wanted to be in that situation. There are situations all day long in our family life where we can choose loving thoughts or different kinds of thoughts. And the thoughts we choose will totally affect the experience that we have with our family members. You know, if we've got a kid that we think of him as the wild one and he's always doing something crazy, that's going to be our whole experience with that child. We're going to see that pattern repeated over and over and again because we're looking for it, we're expecting it. And by contrast, if we take a look at our thoughts and we're like, that really isn't serving me. I'm not having the experience that I want to with that person. We can choose different thoughts that we're emphasizing and focusing on. If you think about life with toddlers, for example, there can be the terrific twos or there can be the terrible twos. And it probably goes back and forth many times throughout the day. Like when they're 
just learning to talk and everything that comes out of their mouth is super cute. That's the terrific twos. And when they dump all the cereal out of the bag and then sit in it and eat it and they probably have a messy diaper while they're doing it, you know, and that's the terrible part of the twos. But whatever we choose to focus on is what we're going to experience. So, you know, that is a lifelong pursuit to keep working on our thought processes and even identifying them and being intentional about them. So I'm going to leave it there for today. I'll just run back through these really quick and they'll be in the show notes. But if you want to review them, here's a recap of the six ways that I just mentioned to create more love at home. The first one was make it fun. The second one was you go first. The third one is know what your people love. The fourth one is love who they love. The fifth one is know their love language and share yours with them. And the sixth and most important one is to think loving thoughts. So that's all I have for you today. But I do want to mention that if any of these seem like impossible to you, maybe it's the thinking loving thoughts in certain family relationships, that's where coaching really comes in handy. And a lot of people don't have a good understanding of what the type of coaching I do is. And they ask me, how's it different than therapy and different things like that. But the main thing with coaching is it's never about me telling you what to think or how to live your life or what to do. It's just a time to have someone listen and reflect your thoughts back to you so that you can decide if those thoughts are serving you and you want to keep them or if maybe there are thoughts that would be more helpful in showing up as the mom that you want to be in all the various situations that we are in as moms. So if you want to hear more about my coaching program, stay tuned. If not, I will see you next time. Hey mama, thanks for listening to the show today. If you enjoy the ideas I share on my podcast, but you want some help applying them to your personal situation, I want to invite you to learn more about my coaching program, where I talk to moms on a personal basis through one-on-one coaching and group calls. We can talk about anything from the personal challenges that you're experiencing in marriage or motherhood to the goals and dreams that you have for yourself. To find out more and download a copy of my free book, Mom Mindset A to Z, visit mom-mindset.com. I'd love to see you there.